Welcome to the Radiant Life Church Podcast. You're about to hear a message that we pray will inspire your heart and challenge your faith. For more information on RLC, please visit myrlc.family or check us out on social media. Have a blessed day. Now here's your message. There isn't a Sunday that goes by where our heart's desire for everyone who would enter this church or join us online, that we wouldn't want to feel and experience the ever-present power of the Holy Spirit in our lives, the rest and the peace that He alone can give. He invites us to Himself, and that's exactly why we're here today, to experience His goodness in our lives. He's so faithful and just to provide for each and every one of us. This would typically be the time in the service where we transition. Pastor Lance and I were supposed to preach this Sunday and tag team, but God has other plans and I'm, I'm for that. Are you guys for that? When God is like, let me do my job. So we're gonna, we're gonna step aside and let him do his job. For the last oh, couple of years, maybe year or so, we have really been intentional to develop the students that are across the hallway every single Wednesday night. And this has been happening for years, but what I mean is what is different is we have a large amount of children, teenagers who feel called into ministry, who have gifts and abilities that are so excited to use them for the Lord. So it's something that we do on Wednesdays regularly where they get to preach and they get to lead and they're running games and and they're a part of what God is doing in this church and also in their school systems. And so with that being said, we wanna talk a little bit about what happened this weekend and what God is doing. Yeah, it was such a great weekend. And we just can't not share that with you because it was beautiful and wonderful. In 1 Timothy 4, it says, don't let anyone look down on you because you are young, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. And we got to witness that firsthand this past weekend with our students. So it's real easy to see students and think like, oh yeah, like they're just kids. These are not just kids. They are students who love the Lord so much and seek after Him and show us and challenge us and encourage us. And this past weekend was just like the icing on the cake. It was so good to see these students giving of their themselves constantly. And so with that, you also see children in the room. I couldn't help but say, hey, if we're gonna do this, can we have our elementary kids in the room? Because not only as parents do we understand how quickly time goes, right? So you might have a first grader now, but then you blink and all of a sudden they're in middle school. We want them to see that they don't have to wait until they're an adult to be used by God, to be able to grow in what He has for them, to be able to develop that and use that and the mighty gifts that He's given. And so you're gonna hear some teenagers preach today and it is going to be awesome. You are gonna love it, I promise. It's gonna be really great. And so just to explain a little bit what Fine Arts Festival is, so you understand the pressure that these students really were under. Today, they're gonna come up here and preach and be in front of a family who is excited, loves them, 
and not that they didn't get that also, but they also had three judges sitting. It would be like if there was a table right here with three people, papers and pencils, writing down all the notes, looking up, looking down as they're doing their stuff. They get timed. If they go over their time, they get a violation. So there's a lot that goes into it, a lot of pressure. But these students rose up and they said, listen, we're doing it. And the smiles, the joy on their faces when they finished that moment of like, I did it. I did it. It was just such an incredible thing. And so we want to share with you the different categories that our students, we had 13 students go, several of them entered into different, like more than just one category. Um, and we want to share those with you so that you can celebrate them because they are very deserving of this. Um, so first up, we had Short Sermon Senior, and we had five students that entered into this category. And what was really awesome is at the closing ceremony, they always put like the top you know, two or three students on the screen just to show like, hey, these are like the cream of the crop here. Not that everybody didn't do excellent, but really these people just really were a shining star, right? And so Olivia Perubsky was in the top three in the entire state for Short Sermon Senior, which was absolutely awesome. Hayden Shinovy and Lexi Hersey also were invited to go to nationals to preach their short sermons at National Fine Arts. And Connor and Elliot, Connor Cullen and Elliot Gray also did short sermon senior and all five of them just killed it. It was amazing. It was absolutely wonderful. And there's different categories because we know that there should be a progression from what it looks like your sixth grade year to what it looks like your 12th grade year, right? And so we have a shining star in the room today who not only got merits at national or at state fine arts, but was also, she had a perfect score, straight 40s, it's the highest score, perfect score. Annalise Kelly, short sermon junior, killed it. They also have a category called spoken word, which I'm not gonna explain because you're gonna get to see it in a little bit, which is even better. And Connor Cullen got the Merit Award top in the state, invited to nationals. Well done, Connor. What's super cool is we're, again, continuing on in the ministry that happens. So you guys see this on stage through an act of worship regularly, but standing before judges changes things a bit. And so can we give a round of applause for a perfect score, straight 40s, Olivia Perubsky in Female Vocal Solo Senior Division. We also, same thing with the sermon. So they split that senior and junior. We had a student who the first time they've ever sung in front of a group of people by themselves in our female vocal solo junior category, Chloe Clendenning did a great job. We wanna acknowledge Matthew Shrivastiv who did an incredible job with his brass solo. Nice job, we're so proud of you. And in worship dance solo, top three in the whole state, so invited to nationals, we have Emily Shravastiv as well. We all know that things that happen on stage and behind the stage are equally valuable. We need people who are doing graphics and making things happen, website design and things like that. So we had a t-shirt design, Merit Award winner, Lexi Hersey in the house. They also have a lot of different art categories. So there's 2D 
art with is painting and drawing. And Chloe Clendenning did an excellent job sharing that this past weekend. Matthew Shravastiv again entered mobile photography, did an excellent job. He received an excellent at States. We're so proud of him. They also have a lot of writing and Chloe Clendenning entered a poem, which was awesome in the poetry writing junior category and did an excellent job as well. And the last thing we're gonna talk about is a unique situation. So a human video, which you will have the opportunity to see next week, Lord willing. Um, but a human video, which is a story that is combined where they, they put music together and it's basically a skit to music. And so we not only have the merit award winning human video in the state of Ohio, but let's just take a moment and applaud the fact that not a single minute of adult help went into this. Students picked the storyline, mixed their own music, created their own builds and their story, and we could not be more proud. And those who participated were Julian Gaines, Josiah Hersey, Seth Hanlon, Connor Cullen, Hayden Chenevy, Elliot Gray, Olivia Perebski, Lexi Hersey, Annalise Kelly, and Audrey Howard. Can you put your hands together for our students? And we came here today to hear the word, right? What I love more than anything is that God uses each and every one of us each and every one of us who are willing to say, here I am, Lord, send me, use me. And so today, the staff of this church are stepping aside to hear the sermons that were presented this weekend at Fine Arts Festival. Can you put your hands together for Annalise Kelly? Hello, hello. How are we? Good. <laughs> so I've titled my sermon today, All In. So let's get started. Romans 12:1 says, and so dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. Let them be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. A living and holy sacrifice means that we are willing to give up our desires for our life and give them back to God. And this doesn't seem like something that we can just do halfway, but in order to do this, we need to be all in. And the first step to being all in is to obey. It takes obedience. When we choose to obey God, we are telling him that we put our trust in him. In Genesis chapter 22, we read about Abraham and his son Isaac. One day, God told Abraham to take his one and only child up to a mountain in the land of Moriah and kill him as a sacrifice to the Lord. When Abraham heard this, while he may have been completely devastated, he listened to what the Lord wanted him to do. Abraham obeyed. He picked up his knife and was about to kill Isaac, but an angel came. And it goes on to say in verse 12, Do not hurt him in any way, for now I know that you truly fear God. You have not withheld from me even your son, your only son. Abraham obeyed God even when it meant sacrificing his own son. And I wonder, are we willing to do whatever God wants us to do because we are just so desperate for him? Are we willing to be like Abraham and say yes to God no matter what? Because all we need to do is say yes to Jesus. All we need to do is obey him and he can do something amazing. 
because we can't just say yes to Jesus on Sundays, but then be afraid to say yes on Monday. So many times we don't say yes because we're scared. Scared of the opinions of others. Scared of what could go wrong. We get so focused on what could go wrong that we forget what could go right. What could go right if we would put in our effort and obey the Lord when he speaks to us? While being all in for Jesus takes obedience, it also takes effort. We have to be willing to put in our effort. We can't expect God to do this whole thing for us because to be all in requires our time, our focus, and our uncomfortability. Romans 12, 11 says, never be lazy, but work hard and serve the Lord enthusiastically. When we choose to be all in, we are choosing to serve God with enthusiasm. In Genesis chapters 37 through 50, it talks about Joseph, which I feel is someone who greatly demonstrated such incredible enthusiasm and effort while he served God. Joseph went through a lot of ups and downs in his life. He was a slave, then in charge of the slaves for Potiphar, then a prisoner, and then finally Pharaoh named him governor of Egypt. Even though Joseph went through many trials, he continued to work hard and serve God with everything he had, with all of his effort. What if we did the same thing? What if we continued to serve God and be all in with everything inside of us, with all of our efforts? We can't just give up on being all in when life gets hard or we don't get our way, but we need to put in our effort. So we know that being all in it takes obedience and effort, but what does this look like? What does it look like to walk in obedience? It looks like doing what God wants us to do because we trust in him. It looks like listening to the Lord and not this world. Now we ask the question of what does it look like to have effort? Having effort looks like serving God with everything inside of us, that we don't just serve him on our best day, but that we serve him on our worst day too. As I wrap up this message today, I leave you with these questions. Are you willing to live a life of obedience? Are you willing to give God all of your effort? And are you willing to be all in? Thank you. Let's go. Annalise throwing it down. Man, I love that these students can get up here and say things that I cannot say. Like, you know what? Y'all stop. Listen, you say yes on Sunday, you better say yes on Monday. Like, I don't know if you caught that, but that was powerful. So, so, so good. Thank you for sharing, Annalise. Man, we have some, uh, some more sermons to come. And uh, the next uh, gentleman, young man who's going to come up... Uh, preached a short sermon senior, but also did what was called a spoken word. And we gave, he, we gave him the option, do you want to preach your, your sermon or do you want to do your spoken word? And uh, he said, hey, would it be possible? It's more personal for me to be able to share my spoken word with you. And man, I want you to know spoken word, you're going to see this was all written by him, memorized by him. And it's very personal because this is his personal testimony of what he has walked through in his own life from his biological father. So what I want you to do is put your hands together and would you welcome this morning, Connor Cullen as he shares his spoken word. What's up everyone? Jeez, Pastor Lynch makes it hard to be humble. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, without further ado, 
uh, I'm going to get into it. So my name is Connor Cullen. Like Pastor Lance said, I'm doing a spoken word. And the, the title of my spoken word is Daddy Issues. <clears throat> Picture this, a seven-year-old kid in his dad's room trying to fish the empty shot bottles out of the dresser he tried to hide, although I didn't show it how much I cried. Walking around his house trying to dispose of a secret, hoping when he can't find them he won't even miss it. But the days continued, and the drinking as well. It's like the liquor had him under its spell. Drinking alone in the solace of his room while the trust issues inside me slowly started to brew. As I got older, that pain only grew as me and my brother cried when he decided to move. The feeling in my heart was pure, sheer abandonment. Why he so easily could leave us, my mind couldn't fathom it. He left to go get help he would never get. Or maybe he did and just decided to ignore his kids. That's why he left, was to go get help, right? So that he could win this never-ending fight? But the years progressed and the changes we would never witness, so maybe he moved to disappoint us from a distance. Time goes by and we decide to go to church, but little did I know that these issues would still lurk. Something I didn't know because I couldn't bother was how much this affected my relationship with the Father. Going to church, not trusting him with my problems, not knowing in an instant they could all be forgotten, not trusting him because what if he up and left, carrying my troubles deep down in my chest. With all this pain inside, I thought I could never trust again. And because of that, I began to fall into sin. Scrolling through my phone, watching love that was only written, thinking this hole in my soul it would fill in. But I decided to go to camp like I did the year before. I would go and have fun but not change this inner war. But during one of the, the sermons, the thread slowly tore. The pastor on the stage spinning facts. His Holy Spirit power I began to ponder. Inside I can feel the wall crack. My focus on God, my mind didn't wander. From that day, God has my trust. And in his hands, all my problems are crushed. Although all was good, a fact couldn't escape me. That deep down inside, my dad was still hurting. From that moment, I knew what to do. I said, the same God that forgave me forgives you, and I do too. You see, presence creates trust, but absence only apathy. And that's why we believers fall when life and problems start happening. When two or more agree, he says, my will be done as you requested. But sometimes the result can shake our faith and leave us tested. A father's love has to be felt and more so demonstrated. So we can see why absentee dads leave their kids devastated. The father's always with you, though sometimes he feels distant. The world crumbles down and we ask why we feel so twisted. But regardless of our state and the places that we find ourselves, he meets us in that space and he protects us from everything else. And although it took some time and my problems still shove, not even daddy issues could take me from God's love. Thank you. Incredible, right? Through the truth and the tears and the overwhelming pride we have in these kids is beautiful. Before we move on, we're here to have church, right? He just spoke a powerful word that I think many in this people can relate to in one way or another. And so we're just going to take a couple of moments and have some prayer for those in this room who might be bound by addiction, for our family members who are struggling with addiction and trust that God is going to have his way. Amen. Just join me in prayer. Thank you, God, that you love us, that you see us, and you forgive us. 
God, I pray that every addiction represented in this room from our personal lives to our friends and family, that you would break the chains that bind, that your Holy Spirit would come in, invade hearts and lives, and that you would have the victory because we know that you are capable and more than enough. We surrender ourselves to you. We surrender our families to you, asking you to be Lord and God over every addiction and over every chain that binds in the name of Jesus. Amen and amen. Without further ado, we have another senior, actually we're starting our senior category of short sermons. Lexi Hersey has incredible poise and disposition and an enthusiasm, enthusiasm to worship Jesus and give her best. I couldn't be more proud. Join me in putting your hands together to welcome her, Lexi Hersey. Good morning. Okay, this is really low. Annalise is very short. <laughs> okay, I am Lexi Hersey, and the title of my sermon is Defeating the Flesh. Matthew 26, 31, just after the Last Supper, it says that then Jesus told them, this very night all will fall away on account of me. For it is written, I will strike the shepherd and the sheep of the flock will be scattered. Peter replied, even if all fall away on account of you, I never will. Truly, I tell you, Jesus answered, this very night before the rooster crows, you will disown me three times. But Peter declared, even if I have to die with you, I will never disown you. Later in the evening, it says, then Jesus took his disciples to an olive grove and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. Then in verse 40, it tells us he returned to his disciples and found them sleeping. Couldn't you men keep watch for just one hour, he asked Peter. Watch and pray so you will not fall into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And yet, Peter falls asleep again. At this point, Peter already knows that he is destined to deny Jesus this very evening, yet we can only assume that he does nothing to actively avoid such things. We all know that very soon after this shortcoming, he does in fact deny Jesus three times. Peter's spirit was so willing that he never believed that he could deny Jesus. It was not even a fathomable thought in his head. However, because he put no preventative measures in place, he denies Jesus and couldn't even stay awake in the garden. When I read these verses, I can't help but think to myself, how could they? How could they simply fall asleep when they were in Jesus' presence and were tasked with the importance of praying over him and watching over him? Why wouldn't they try harder or take precautionary measures to avoid falling asleep? But do we not do the same thing? Do we not say, God, I want to be close to you and then at the same time fall short? Do we not say, God, I want to serve you and then at the same time take no steps to do it? Our spirit is willing, but our flesh is weak, and that's when we become just like Peter. So how can we avoid the weakness of our flesh? The first way that we can fight our flesh is with proximity to God. If we want to battle our worldly desires, we're going to have to strengthen our spirits first. Our spirits will replenish when we are in proximity and are intentional with God. One way that we can do this is to read God's word. The Bible is a tool that we were given so that we may be equipped to 
with wisdom and grapple with our sins. In 2 Timothy 3:16 through 17, we are told that all scripture is God breath and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that we may be equipped for every good work. When we remember to spend time in his word, it will replenish, correct, and equip us. Another way we can get into proximity with God is to pray daily. We need that one-on-one connection with God. Jesus tells us in Matthew 6, 6 that we must pray and we must do so in private. This is not because he does not want us to pray with or for others, but because he is telling us that we have to pursue a private and intentional relationship with God as well. We can also pursue him through serving him, worshiping him, and spending time in his presence daily. Because when we are in proximity with God, he will be with us and his spirit will be strong within us. And the second way that we can fight our flesh is to create distance from sin. In Romans 12, 2, Paul writes, Do not conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. As Christians, we're called to be different, not to conform to the patterns of this world. So what distractions are holding you back? Is it the intoxicating world of social media? Is it an addiction or a pattern of sin that you've fallen into? Or is it a relationship that you can't bear to cut out of your life? We will never begin to battle our flesh until we cut the distractions out of this world and rely fully on God. It is only when we separate ourselves from the distractions that we'll be able to diminish the power that our flesh has over us. We cannot allow ourselves to become like Peter. We must take precautionary measures to avoid falling into temptation. We need to cut things out to allow the power of our spirits to defeat the willingness of our flesh. The God we serve is so thoughtful and meticulous that he gives us his spirit and the tools to strengthen it. That same God also gives us the power to choose whether we'll strengthen it or give it to our flesh. But it's our responsibility to make that choice. So what will you let win today? Your spirit or your flesh? Thank you. Come on. Nice job, Lexi. So good. Don't we do the same thing? We say we want to serve him, but do nothing to make it happen. The best way to serve God is by serving others. So I would encourage you to go to Connection Center after, after church, after that message, sign up to serve. Hey, the next young man who's going to come uh, and share a short sermon senior this morning. Uh, man, when, when the scripture uh, speaks of David being a man after God's own heart, that's truly our next communicator. The kindness that just uh, exuberates from this young man is, man, I've, it's so amazing to watch and see, and I know you're going to experience it and hear it as he shares his word, the word this morning with you. Would you welcome to the platform this morning, Mr. Elliot Gray? Come on. Let's go. <laughs> Let's go. Are you guys ready? All right. So, hello, everyone. My name is Elliot Gray. I'm from Radiant Life Church in Wadsworth, Ohio. Um, and today, the title of the message is Realigning Your Focus. To start things off, I would, like to, I would like to ask you all a question. What should our focus as Jesus followers be? To help illustrate this point, I would like to use an illustration by one of my favorite pastors, Francis Chen. So imagine that this rope is a timeline of your existence. And imagine that it stretches out forever, like it goes around this entire room. And this black tape here represents our life on earth. We have so many years here on earth 
to live for God. And then we have all of eternity after that to spend somewhere else. And so often we become so worried about our life on earth. For instance, we all desire to provide for our family. We all desire to have a good and stable life. We all desire a good, a good job, right? We all worry about that. We all worry about where we're going to live, a safe place to live for our family. Um, we all worry about having friends that will walk alongside of us. None of these things are bad, but the trouble comes when the desire for security and pleasure becomes the one and only purpose and goal for our life. When worrying about those things becomes our one and only goal in our mindset. We begin to conform to the common mindset that says, I should do whatever fulfills my desires for the moment and instead of God's. That we can become so concerned with making our lives on earth comfortable that our worries can distract us from our greater purpose. So a few weeks ago, me and my family went to Lancaster, Pennsylvania over spring break, and we got to go on a carriage ride throughout town. I remember asking my mom why the horses had to have these things on the side of their faces. But it turns out she said that the reason they have blinders is so they will not, get, will not become distracted and lose focus. While I was thinking about this, I wondered, what if we as humans had blinders so that we would not become so easily distracted? But quickly I remembered that God gave us the freedom of choice because he wants us to choose his direction and not just follow our own selfish pursuits. In Ephesians 5, 1 through 2, Paul is writing a letter to the Ephesians, and he says to follow God's example, therefore, as dearly loved children, and walk in the way of love, just as Christ loved us, and gave himself for, as a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. God wants us to choose to live the kind of life that will be pleasing to him, and a life that will prepare us for eternity. Like, we could choose to make the new kid at school feel welcome. We could choose to talking and making friends with the new coworker. Um, we could choose to say yes to loving our neighbors and being a good example of a godly disciple to them because all of these things matter in light of eternity. In Hebrews 12, 1, it says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. I love how at the beginning of the verse, it says, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. In this life, you will have people that are watching you. So who are you pointing them to? To yourself or to Jesus? Later in the verse, we are also encouraged to lay aside every weight. So what weights are holding you back this morning from experiencing the goodness of God? Continuing on to verses two through three, it says, looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners, so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. So Jesus, as he was hanging from the cross, he could have at any moment thrown in the towel. He could have at any moment said, God, I can't do this. But he knew what his yes would lead to. That his yes would lead to me and you getting to experience the fullness of eternity with him. So today I pray that if anyone in this room is struggling and not living for the bigger picture, that you will see how Jesus lived and repent for any distractions that have derailed you and commit to living a life focused on eternity. Thank you. Thank you so much. You got this what really just fills my heart is that these are students, teenagers from 
well, really, we had them younger than 14, but this is what you're seeing today. Imagine how much further, farther, faster they're going to go. I got my start way after they did, and I can't imagine what is going to happen on the other side of eternity with the life that these students live. So this is what it's about. Well, last but not least, we have our final short sermon senior, a girl who loves Jesus, and it shows in everything she says and does, and I say that knowing the behind the scenes. Can you put your hands together for my baby girl, Olivia Perubsky? Good morning, church family. My name is Olivia Perubsky, and the title of my sermon is Who Touched Me? Matthew 9, 20 through 22. Just then, a woman who had suffered for 12 years with constant bleeding came up behind him. She touched the fringe of his robe, for she thought, if I could just touch his robe, I will be healed. Jesus turned around, and when he saw her, he said, daughter, be encouraged. Your faith has made you well. And the woman was healed at that moment. But can you imagine what this woman must have gone through? She suffered for years, physically, emotionally, communally. She was displaced, discouraged, down, and desperate for hope. It's time our desperation causes us to drop at the feet of Jesus. But the woman gets word. Jesus is coming to her town, the one she heard about, Jesus the healer. She makes her way to him, pushing past all cultural barriers, pushing through the masses. She touches the fringe of his robe and instantly her bleeding stopped. Sometimes you have to push through the pain to get to the promise. Sometimes you have to push through the pain of anxiety to get to the promise of his assurance. Sometimes you have to push through the pain of fear to get to the promise of his freedom. Sometimes you have to push through the pain of peer pressure to get to the promise of his presence. The question I have for you today is, what obstacles do you need to push through? to experience his promises. There are a few things we can learn from the woman in our text as she shows us what it looks like to push through our obstacles. Number one is be willing to fight for God's best in your life. To be healed, the woman had to fight for it. She didn't receive her healing by hoping Jesus would notice her or even asking Jesus to heal her. What if we fought as hard to experience his presence as we do fishing for likes on Instagram? Why are we willing to fight harder to win an argument than we do his presence? Luke says that as Jesus was on his way, the crowds almost crushed him. And if the crowds were almost crushing Jesus, they surely but it would have been crushing the woman too. Like the woman with the issue of blood, there may be obstacles between you and your healing. There may be people standing between you and your blessing. There may be distractions between you and your calling, but don't allow distractions to keep you from your destiny. You need to fight and start moving in faith. It's time to stop expecting God to move when he has called you to action. Yes, we should pray, and it is necessary to wait for God's timing. But many times we find ourselves waiting and praying when it may be time for us to start moving in faith. Maybe you are waiting on God, but maybe God's waiting on you. You need to be willing to push through the crowds and fight for God's best in your life. 
The second thing we can learn is don't give up so easily. Your persistency leads to his victory. I want you to hear your past failures can lead you to tomorrow's victory. The woman with the issue of blood not only tried again when she heard about Jesus, but she tried something different. The book of Mark says she had suffered a great deal from many doctors, but she had gotten no better. The benefit of when our natural attempts fail is it requires us to try the supernatural. And the last principle we can learn from the woman is expect God to move. The woman heard of Jesus coming to town and knew to move towards him. Why did she know to move towards him? Because his track record speaks for itself. He saved a man from shame by turning water into wine. He cured the noble man's son. He casted out the unclean spirits. He healed the leper. He raised the widow's son from the dead. He calmed the storms. He fed almost 5,000 people with only five loaves of bread and two fish. So what is our excuse for not expecting him to work the same way in our lives? He didn't have to address her. He could have let her be healed and left it at that. But he exceeded her expectations of a healing and gave her the healer as well. What if God only met you at your level of expectation? Do you expect him to heal? Do you expect him to save? Do you expect him to restore? Do you expect him to be who he says he is? I wonder if we've gotten too comfortable with relying on the natural when we serve a God of the supernatural. I believe Jesus is wanting to ask this room today, who touched me? Thank you. Amen. Ah, so what you've experienced today um, is there's many ind young individuals in this church who are vying for my job. And uh, because of what they've done today, I want you to know that on April 30th, 2023, I announced my resignation uh, for the five students. I'm just kidding. They did. They, man, didn't they do a phenomenal job? Can you do me a favor? Can you put your hands together one more time? All of them, all of them. I, I can't even tell you the amount of categories at Fine Arts Festival. It's, it's 70, 80, 90, 100 categories from, from vocals to sermons to drawings to photography to art to drama, dramas to readers theater. I mean, it, there's so many because God, I love how God takes in, in Corinthians and talks about that the body has many parts. And that without each individual part doing their role or their gifting or their calling, then the entire body suffers. You see, at a church, we, when we talk to our staff, and it, it, as you experienced this morning, we win as a team and we lose as a team. We win as a church together collectively when each part of the body is fulfilling its unique calling. And it takes all of us. And these students said yes. And I hope that today when you leave, that you, you, you're, you're asking yourself, man, I've heard, I heard five different messages. Because not only are we supposed to be hearers of the word, we're supposed to be doers of the word. And so now you get to the point of application. Lord, what did I hear now? What am I gonna do about it? How is it gonna inspire you to go and change the world? Because that's what each and every one of these students are doing. They're changing the world. 
They're having influence in their schools and other students' lives. And they should be a model for us that we don't have to be afraid either. That we can be all in for the person of Jesus, amen? And I would be amiss this morning if I didn't take advantage of this opportunity. And so for just a moment, uh, would you just close your eyes? Because I want to I give an opportunity for you to respond to what you just heard from these powerful messages about the person of Jesus Christ. As Elliot shared, he had that little piece of tape that's here, the now, the earth, and then the rest of its eternity. What we experience here on earth is for preparation for eternity. That's what we do in worship, where as we sing holy for thousands, hundreds, millions, billions, trillions of years, we will have an opportunity to express that love back to a savior by saying holy, 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 holy. So if you're joining us online, one of our online hosts would love to pray with you. If you're in the room, I'd like to take a moment and just pray with you. If you're here and you have never given your life to Jesus, the scripture says that those who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so today is an opportunity for you to respond to the call. Today's an opportunity for you to go, man, I wanna call upon his name. He's standing at the door and knocking. Will we open it and allow him to come in? So if you're here this morning, and that's you. You say, man, I want to give my life to Jesus. I want, I want him to be, I want him to be the, that author, that perfecter of my faith. And I want to surrender to him. And so I call upon his name this morning. If that's you, with no one looking around, would you just raise your hand? All we want to do is pray with you this morning. Thank you. Thank you. So Jesus, today, as we close, we're grateful. We're grateful that we can say yes to you. Because God, we don't want to just say yes to you today, but we want to say yes for you, to you every day of our life. So Lord Jesus, I pray for those who, who've made that, that, that determination to call upon your name today. Lord, I pray that you would enter into a life-giving, healthy relationship with them, that, that they would know that their name is written in the Lamb's book of life. And that one day they have the opportunity to hear those words, well done, thou good and faithful servant. So Jesus, I pray that as we leave today, we don't have to ask for you to go with us because you're already going. You're gonna be exactly where our next stop is. You're already gonna be there before we ever get there. And Jesus, we pray that as we go, we, would, we wouldn't just be a hearer, but a doer. God, we pray that, that you would, what's been spoken into our hearts today, that we would mull over today, tomorrow, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and God, that we would apply it to our lives so that we would look less like ourselves and more like you. And Jesus, we're so grateful for your gifts and your calling and the anointing that you have placed on these amazing teenagers here at Radiant Life Church. Lord, I pray that the passion that is within their heart, that flame that is burning so bright, Lord, I pray that no distraction on this side of eternity would, would, would come against them. Lord, I pray, Lord, that, that, that distractions would be minimized, Lord, because they would stay focused on who you are for your glory and for your honor. Lord, may each and every one of them be a world changer and an influencer for you and for your glory. We give you praise and glory in all things. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. How many of you glad you came to church today? Come on.